We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Cody and Gold. On today's show, special guests include Pete Sweeney at roughly 1015, Andy Reid press conferences, Rob Collins in the one o'clock hour, maybe a stop by from Bink, but now a guy who I know is my dog, Alex Gold. Still not going to bark back. Still still not going to give you that, Jed. We're getting closer, though. As I, I said, I maybe maybe the final day that you fill in for Nick. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, it is Cody and Gold here for the next four hours or so. A little bit different show, as you could tell from, from Jed. We're, we're going to have a couple different people stop by throughout. No Cody today. Had to make some quick changes in that regard. Hopefully he's back with us uh, early next week as Jed's shaking his head. Uh, I don't know if that said that he's not going to be back or that you, you hope he's not I'm back. I'm fine with you're, him not you're, coming you're, back. <laughs> Jed, it's more Jed time. More Jed time. Jed talks are coming your way in about 45 minutes or so. And, yes, Pete Sweeney will stop by uh, for part of this 10 o'clock hour as well. All things Chiefs with our Chiefs insider. Normally he'd join us at 11. Uh, we'll move some things around. He's going to join us around 10:15 till 11 o'clock today. And then Rob Collins will be in for the 1 o'clock hour. And, yes, you'll hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid at one as well. We'll mix in a little trash of the day. We'll have a good time here on a Friday edition of Cody and gold. You guys can always hit us up on the J Southland tow service text line, 913-586-7610. So I don't know if I'm viewing this differently than everybody else, but I'm starting to get to a point with Kadarius Tony, who now was limited in practice yesterday again, that Is he just going to be this big tease that's out there for a while? Because we saw in that one game in particular, and it's really one game, what he's capable of doing. And we all got excited. I I got excited. We we were talking about the day after the the game. Like, look what he can do for this offense. Maybe not, not just next year. Look what he can do for this team this year. And I still feel that way. But is he just going to be this big tease that is always out there? He has six catches for 69 yards and a touchdown, two rushes for 33 yards. And now we know it's been looking like another week we're going to have to wait till he's back in the fold. They don't need him for the Houston Texans, okay? Same way we've talked about McCall Hardman, who's got his IR window activated and who they're trying to ease back in. Look, they they can beat the Texans, of course. They got plenty of firepower without Kadarius Toney, without McCall Hardman. And really, if you look at the schedule in the next four weeks down the stretch, they've got enough of that to begin with against probably all four of those opponents. This is about the playoffs. And ultimately, I think we all just want Kadarius, Tony, McCall Hardman revved up, ready to go come playoff time to add another dimension to this offense. We know what this offense can be in the red zone, in particular when McCall Hardman's part of the picture. I just wonder if, did we jump the gun a little bit on Kadarius, Tony, after one game? Or maybe we didn't jump the gun on his overall performance. It's just that, He's going to be this frustrating tease. If you talk to anybody in New York, you talk to Giants fans, they'll tell you, well, yeah, this was kind of part of the, this was kind of part of the story up there. When does it reach a point where you get concerned that he's just going to be this, where maybe he does play in the Seattle game in a couple weeks and looks good and has another uh, 50 yard receiving day and a 30 yard rushing day and has a touchdown and we get all excited again. And then are you worried that there's just going to be this next setback? Maybe, maybe I'm being unfair, and I'll, I'll, I'll be curious to get your guys' perspective, also Pete Sweeney's perspective on this, but I feel like there's a chance that he might end up being the rest of this season and in the next season this big tease. And let's be honest, if he's not back the regular season and if he's only able to play a little bit in the postseason, that is still going to be a major question mark just heading into next year with the wide receiver core. Because we know under contract it's Kadarius Tony. We know it's Sky Moore and MVS, really. Those are the three wide receivers under contract heading into next season. And are you going to feel confident that you can count on this individual player, not necessarily with performance only, but in terms of being available out of those 17 games you're going to play a year from now, how many of those 17 is he going to actually be available for? So as much as it is about getting ramped up for this postseason, I also need to see, can he play in a football game? Can he play in back-to-back football games and then not have a setback with the hamstring injury? 
Because if it keeps happening, then that eventually will be just what you're going to have to deal with overall. So uh, we'll talk more about this, but he was limited once again. Was Kadarius Tony in practice yesterday? That's twice this week and hasn't played in the game. Almost a full month. I think it was November 20th, the last game he played in. That's basically where we're going to be on Sunday. We're going to be right around that. It'll be basically a month. So it's not that this Sunday against a bad Texans team that you need him. It is more just the thought process of this season and what we're talking about long-term. Text line says it feels like Sammy Watkins 2.0. I don't know if that's fully fair yet, but I don't like the direction that it's heading. Now, at this point, they're not counting on him the same way we did with Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was brought in, as we all know, at that time to be the number one compliment to Tyreek Hill. They also didn't give up the same sort of investment that they did into Sammy Watkins financially, especially. Yeah. I mean, I would argue though, like, you know, financially, they're really not invested in Kadarius Tony. You no, know, that's I mean? what I mean. Oh, when, yeah. when talking about Sammy Watkins, they gave him a multi-year deal with guaranteed money. To me, that's where the disconnect comes. I know that people always get excited when you see a first round pick coming to a different team, but what were the actual expectations for Kadarius Tony? I know that Andy Reid is a dynamic play caller, and you obviously want to get as much talent as you can, but an oft-injured guy who, when Rob was in for Carrington a few weeks ago, we had Dan Schwartzman on, formerly of NBC Sports, and now runs D Sports Media, talking about different things, who covers the Giants and Jets, but he was talking about how Kadarius Tony was a malcontent there, and I know that people can talk about that from different angles because he wasn't playing for a winning team. Right. But I do think that that's always, you have to temper your expectations. Yeah. Luckily the, the attitude stuff to me was something that was very correctable by just joining an organization in a locker room like Kansas city and also being around winning. The injury stuff is what is always more concerning, right? Because at some point, you know, some, some people just are injury prone as we all know at text lines mentioning guys like, you know, Alberto Mondesi, for example, on the baseball side of things. We just know there's some players, unfortunately, that are more injury prone. I hope that's not, again, the, the case for Kadarius Tony. And as far as the, the expectations for him, coming into this uh, new era for him in Kansas City at the time of the trade, I said, really, we're not going to be able to judge this year all that much based off of his production. Then what happened is he had the huge game and everybody got excited. And we said, well, wait a second, hold on. Wait, maybe, maybe he's going to be able to help you out this year more than we thought. And I, and I still believe that. But he also has to be available. And, and again, limited in practice again uh, yesterday. So doesn't feel great when we hear from Andy Reid coming up at 1 o'clock today. I fully expect that Kadarius Tony will probably not be available uh, on Sunday against the Texans. And we'll do this whole same charade maybe next week heading into the game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, 913-586-7610. Multiple people are asking about Cody not being here. And they know that yesterday, if you listen to the show, we were talking about we had a company party yesterday and they want to know did Cody get drunk and fired last night at the party I can confirm that did not happen what <laughs> I can confirm that did not happen oh he did not make it to the party I'll just leave it at that he, he was you know, too drunk before uh, even the party started is what happened, I can't right? confirm that oh okay. I can't I cannot confirm that uh but we know Jed uh, was a huge fan of the company party yesterday we knew that big the tech the text line I uh, was a big fan of Jed's thoughts on the company party as well. Yesterday. I didn't have, I'm sure it was a great time. I didn't go. I had prior engagements and stuff like that, but so I wasn't able to make it, but I'm sure that the holiday party was very nice. It was, we had a great time. And I, I know the morning show had uh, some carryover karaoke from the party last night, which I heard was a very big hit as well from some other people in the office. I'll be honest. There was some people at the party that I had no idea who the hell they were. And there's some people I, I, I've never seen you in my life. I, I know maybe nine people. <laughs> well, yours is more understandable. You haven't been here as long. I, I probably should know more. But you it, know, there's it some people matter. you don't interact with. There, there are people who I've talked to many different times who know my name. And I just, hey, what's going on, pal? What's going on, bud? Good to see you. Hey, Jed, how are you? Doing great. Good seeing you. Well, we had a good time. Rob, I mean, Rob was there. Rob Bryn was there. Uh, I think Fesco, Fesco was there, and then some other people were there a little bit earlier in the day. The holiday party was good, but no, that is not why. That's not why Cody's not here today. I like that people take time off from said job to oh. go to holiday party. I'm taking a shot at you, Rob. So no, but you know what? Rob showed up to the party though. He 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 took the t- he was told I believe and 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 suggested that he take the show off yesterday so he could go to the, the company party. There's some other people that took off yesterday and still didn't show up to the party. Uh oh. Who that's are you throwing different. shade at I'm, now? I'm not throwing, I'm not mentioning any names. So that's different. That's that's different. Rob showed us the party. No shade towards Rob Renton. He actually showed up. 
I don't know. Rob and I have a history. Oh, we have a beef. Okay, I have a beef Rob, with a well, lot of producers. You guys can producers. work it out. Rob Bren will be back this afternoon. He will be producing. Oh, he'll Jay be Binkley. in. Good. We'll talk to him. He will be. Yeah, he will be. As Bink uh, will be filling in for C dot once again. All right. So uh, look, we've got four games down the stretch here for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think when you look at the defense in particular, we had asked the question early in the week about what can you actually expect to to happen to get your confidence back up, maybe get your trust back up in the final four weeks of the season. We mentioned the opponents that you're going to face, right? You're going to go up against a one-win Texans team. You're going to go up against a Seahawks team that is reeling right now. They lost last night as well to the 49ers, and now Seattle uh, is in really, really tough spot to get into the postseason. The division's already done in the NFC West. So you have that team, you get the Broncos again, and then you wrap up in a game that you probably are going to need against the Las Vegas Raiders out in Las Vegas in week 18. You might need that one to get the number one seed, depending on how everything continues to go over the next three, four weeks. But what can actually be fixed before the postseason? Three things were pointed out from Pete Sweeney, actually, and his crew over at Arrowhead Pride. They said tackling, turnovers, and consistent wide receiver production. I think I have more confidence in one of those over the others. Consistent wide receiver production, I, that's really not something that I'm all that concerned about. We just mentioned the injury history with Kadarius Toney, but McCall Hardman's going to be back in this picture very, very soon. And we know that it now seems like Juju Smith-Schuster, a few more weeks removed from that scary hit, from that concussion in that Jags game, we just saw this past week against the Denver Broncos. He appeared to be back in a groove. We, started, we saw some of the yards after the catch again. It seemed more like he was closer to what he was. And let's not forget what those conversations were like around Juju and around the wide receiver core prior to that Jacksonville game. So the get consistent wide receiver production, I I feel pretty good about that. We know they're going to spread the ball around. We know that if you want to throw Kelsey in the picture, you know, Kelsey's always going to be there. And then Juju was for a three or four week stretch prior to to the concussion becoming the other Mr. Reliable really in this offense for Kansas city. And then after that, they're going to, they're going to spread it around. They're going to piecemeal this thing together a little bit. They're going to mix it up. Maybe it's a little Justin Watson. McCall Hardman gets back in the mix. Kadarius, Tony MVS good for now. It seems like one or two big catches a game. Maybe not going to have four or five catches, but one or two catches a game. So as far as what could be fixed in the final four weeks, I, I really don't know if consistent wide receiver production is, is much of a concern for me. The other one that they listed over at Arrowhead pride uh, was turnovers. And I think that has been the, the big conversation, understandably. So when you are minus five there in turnover differential, you have the same turnover differential as the team you're playing this week. The Texans who, as we all know, are the worst team in football. They have one win. They're going to be the number one overall pick. And yet you're 10 and three, which is just amazing. I know Mitch Holt this pointed that out uh, this morning on Fesco in the morning, the turnovers. How, how does that get fixed? I, way easier for you to say, all right, interceptions three in one game unacceptable you trust the best quarterback in football is not going to make those mistakes then suddenly this defense becomes ball hawks what's more likely that offensively they cut back on turning the ball over despite doing it in eight straight games or that suddenly this defense produces turnover after turnover i i tend to believe that it's more likely even though it's an eight-week stretch of turnovers that that can end versus all of a sudden justin reed turns into a ball hawk or Trent McDuffie, a, a rookie, becomes Mr. Turnover Machine for this team. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride uh, joins us in studio as well. We're talking about some of your guys' work over there as well. First off, man, thanks for, thanks for coming in studio. I know you got, you got the press pass on. Yeah. You're making your way to Arrowhead in a little bit. Yeah, we'll be leaving at 11 o'clock to, to go to Arrowhead. Thank you for asking me to come in. Thank you for the free pub in Arrowhead Pride. It's good to be in the, uh, it's good to be in the COVID, uh, Cody chair uh, <laughs> this morning. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people were wondering if he just got drunk at the party. And I can, as I said, I can confirm he did not make it to said party. Yeah, no, I got some photographs of some positive tests. And, uh, and let's just say the taps aren't expecting child number three. They were, they were a different kind of test. <laughs> I got that same text. Yes. Uh, I, I got a phone call initially, and then uh, I did get... I, got I swear I'm photo, sick, guys. I swear. I got photo evidence of the, te- <laughs> the, of the test for his children uh, as, as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. As we know on this show, we love HIPAA violations, and we love, yes. we love just giving medical... Right. We love giving medical vi- uh, history of everybody on the show. That's, that's what when, we do. When I got the phone call and Cody started with, well, bad news, I was like, well, that's mm, what nice. So he Friday start- off. So Sounds did, good. So he did the same thing for me. He called me. He goes, well, Gold... Bad news, I have COVID. 
Yeah. That's pretty much how he it doesn't ended. start with that. He started with, well, bad news. And like I said, my first thought was, well, I guess that means I get to sleep in. By the way, that was a great impression. It's kind of like you guys hang out four hours a day every day. And what comes next, of course, is going to be the Instagram stories of the Christmas cookies that are probably baking right now full of COVID-19. Yes. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's pretty If accurate. they go in the oven, you bake out the germs. Pete. Right. 100%. Right. You got to boil the cookies. <laughs> boil, boil the cookies. <laughs> as much as you can. If he brings in cookies when he comes back, I'm definitely still eating them. I so am, yeah. I, am I weird? Now, this has nothing to do with Cody, but in general, and I think this is a me problem, and I'll accept that. Okay. Um, I get weirded out by other people's home made stuff that gets brought in. Mm. I, that's just, and I, it's a, I had, this has nothing to do with him. This is just in general. I, and again, I recognize this, is, I think, as a me problem. I don't know if it's trust or what. but uh, What I would I, tell you <laughs> is never watch any of these documentaries that talk about the restaurant industry because I don't think you'd ever even go to Chipotle. I've, your I've your heard, love again. Yeah, I've heard I never. you never want to go to, like, to the back kitchen of a lot no. of restaurants you like. I, I have heard that, and I'm perfectly fine never doing that because <laughs> I don't want to ruin that experience. But yeah, like I'm not saying people are doing anything intentionally to the food. I just... It, I don't know. I get a little weirded out, like with other people's homemade food that gets brought into workplaces. That's all. Yeah. No. I, Cody, I, th- I think follows all the the regulations of a, of a home kitchen, but I understand where, where that's coming from. You just don't know how long it was just out. You don't know if it was properly refrigerated. You're, you're really there is a percent. There's a non-zero percentage of risk when you're when you're having a a item brought in from from someone's home for sure. All right, I was talking about the Chiefs a little bit, and, and yeah, the article you guys had up at, at Arrowhead Pride. Just what, what can be fixed here the final four games or so? And as I mentioned, I, I actually am not really concerned about the wide receiver production, and then you heard me there talking about turnovers. I think it's more likely that offensively they find a way to maybe be more protective of the football than suddenly yeah. the defense uh, becoming Mr. Turnover all of a sudden. I think I think you're right. I think ball security is something that is fixable on a week-to-week basis. Turnovers and causing turnovers, it feels like it takes – a year-to-year thing. Like, are we going to be this team that has a, I'm going to say everyone's favorite names here, a Marcus Peters or a Tyron Matthew, who just has a natural ball hawk ability? I think of all the players on the Chiefs, we've seen a little bit of that from Juan Thornhill, a little bit more of that from Legereus Sneed, but it just hasn't been as consistent as those other guys, whereas Travis Kelsey fumbling the, the football in a big spot is not going to happen every day. Isaiah Pacheco, after his fumble, has been great in in that regard. I I just don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw three interceptions. He's usually really good after these games where he does have mistakes. So I think you're right on, and it would be great for the Chiefs to start to get some of these turnovers. If there's ever a week to maybe open the floodgates on turnovers, it's when you're playing two quarterbacks, Sean Barber. They're playing not one but two two quarterback system in the NFL. They're gritty, though, man. They're gritty. So he hates hates when I mention his name about this worst team in the NFL thing. We'll get a text in a little bit. I I know, of course. I I just – I think this is a ultimate get-right week in that regard. If it was ever going to start, the turnover floodgates, why not this week? Yeah, and I I think that the two quarterback system thing is funny, too, because – you got Lovey Smith this week saying he's not willing to commit or tell us what he's going to do. It caught Dallas off guard a little bit last week and it sure. almost got them the win. Right. I just don't believe you can pull that off in, in two consecutive well, weeks. You have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Andy Reid would never do this publicly, but isn't he like laughing to himself when, when they're going to play two quarterbacks against Mahomes? Like it's okay. Well, we got two guys. <laughs> okay. So maybe we're <laughs> going to be able to beat the MVP. It's like, no, this is this is a, a joke. Now, the Chiefs are way better than this team, especially given the injuries. And I think what you'd love to see this week, especially after last week and playing down in a big way, is just coming out wire to wire and just dominating because you should. You know, this is this is truly a team that is in a, a different hemisphere stratosphere when it comes to where they are in their franchise, I would say timeline. And you should make that be known early and often, I think on Sunday in Houston. Yeah. It makes you feel more confident in the game because of how both teams played last week. One, if you're the chiefs, you just did see the Texans really play well enough to win that game against Dallas. And then on the flip side, we know against Denver, you're up 27, nothing. And somehow that became a one possession game. And the Broncos had the ball with a chance to take the lead late in that game. And that I think helps the psyche a little bit. If the chiefs are able to me to jump out to an early lead against the Texans, this go around to your point, I think they'll be able to finish the job in terms of the the blowout in terms of making this not a contest. As long as they don't let Houston get up to an early seven, nothing lead. And then you just start, you kind of go through the motions at that point. Yeah. And and I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like the chiefs are just a way better team at, at this stage. And 
a lot of times we get to these games and it's the second quarter and it's a one score game. Now that now the Texans just had that against Dallas. So would it be all that surprising for them to play a little bit better than they have two weeks in a row? No, even still, it's like you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You pretty much have your entire defense that is healthy right now. You have Chris Jones and, and Frank Clark and George Karloftis who's coming on. This should not be a game. And I I'm with fans in this. Like I wasn't with them in, because of what happened last week, we should go into full panic mode. I think that was a little extreme, but I'm with them in. I'm ready to see the Chiefs, who are a dominant elite football team, truly look like a dominant elite football team against the worst, or Sean, one of the worst <laughs> teams in the league. You want to see what the Niners did to the Bucks a week ago, which was a 35-7 win right. and just no chance for the opposing team to get anything going on offense and just, yeah, just a dominant defensive performance as well in a way. Make a statement to your, your bookmakers, Alex. You want to put Jalen Hurts ahead of Patrick Mahomes, go and score five touchdowns against a team you should have five touchdowns against. I think, by the way, we, we can get to that a little bit later, but I think that's something that Mahomes almost is going to have to do at some point in the final four yeah. weeks and it, because of where the narrative, unfortunately, is that Mahomes is going to win every statistical category over Jalen Hurts except for rushing yards. But other than that, he's, you know, he's, he's had the better season. It's just the narrative is quickly swung in Jalen Hurts favor. Well, there's, there's two things that both of these guys really can't control. Maybe Hurts has a little bit more control, I should say, but it's winning the buy. So if Hurts wins out, he's going to win the MVP. Uh, what Patrick Mahomes needs is to win his buy and he needs a Buffalo Bills loss because it's just so narrative driven. If you have Jalen Hurts and they have similar numbers and it's a little different because Jalen Hurts runs a little bit more. But if they have similar numbers and one guy gets the buy and the other guy lost to the Bengals again and didn't get the buy, I'm, I'm afraid to say that it's going to go to Jalen Hurts. So. Patrick Holmes can play as well as he possibly can unless he went on a tear and had five touchdowns through four touchdowns each game the rest of the way. And the stats were so incredible that he blows him out of the water. And I think this is going to Jalen Hurts. But you never know. The Cowboys could beat the Eagles. Suddenly the Bills could lose to a, a team like the Dolphins on Saturday or the Bengals that they have to play and the Chiefs are the bye. And then I think it gets a little bit closer. So we'll see how it goes. But there are some things out of Mahomes' control now that they've lost to the Bengals. The last thing, though, that you, you guys had mentioned over at Arrow Pride about what, what maybe could be fixed. And I this is the one that I have the least amount of confidence in. Mm. Uh, and that's tackling. Yeah. Uh, why do I suddenly believe on December 19th or 18th that they're going to be able to suddenly tackle better. I mean, it's a young rookie group. They're rotating in six rookies at times. So I, I think that's important for the overall conversation about the defense. But why suddenly is the tackling just going to click? And the practices aren't that physical anymore. It's not like you can get better at that during the week with actual reps that are game-like. You do a little bit of that during training camp, but you're not trying to hurt each other. I mean, look, the Chiefs are healthy. But the injury list, I believe, is 14, 12 to 14 players long at this stage of the game. You're not trying to injure each other. And so it really is just, it sounds funny, but it's like zoning in on fundamentals. And is that a proper solution? Like, I think it could be. And I think you just need a game to gain confidence. And with Damian Pierce unlikely to play, who's been a terror in his rookie season, I, I just think you can gain confidence from this game. It, this is a true confidence builder, I think, going into a game that the Seahawks, who have been a teetering playoff team, are going to need. So that is your last, if you want to call it tough, tough game of the year. And so this is almost, to me, a, you don't want to call it that if you're Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes, and I get that, but it's a tune-up week. It's a tune-up week. Let's play a little bit better in these areas we've been weak, and let's get ready for this stretch where we have a tough team, two division games, and then the playoffs. Yeah, that Seattle game next week, uh, all of a sudden it looks like Tyler Lockett's had done, maybe done for the season, broke his finger too. So it's like that that Seattle team, that game suddenly just has a different feel too. I, you're right that they, they need it yes. in Seattle. Yes. And the Chiefs will need that game too for number one seed purposes. But that team does not look near, uh, I don't know if they were ever daunting, but certainly doesn't look as challenging of, a, of an opponent as it did three and a half weeks or so if ago. You, if you checked out that Thursday night football game, I, I think the score is a little misleading just because I think the whole game turned on that fumble and it just was such a defensive game. And... Man, kudos, by the way, to Charvarius Ward, who was locking down Metcalf and took that fumble all the way back with the biggest game-changing play, in my opinion, of the game. It was pretty close up until that point of, of picking that fumble up, and I think he returned it to, like, the 10. And so, yeah, the Seahawks are, are now suddenly in, in desperation mode, and they're going to need that game at Arrowhead. And that, that's going to be something to remember when we start talking about that game on Monday. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride hanging out for the 10 o'clock hour. Up next, one year ago today, something happened, and what it also tells us about the long-term future for the Chiefs. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Today, Cody and Gold and 610 Sports Radio launch a special presentation, a live performance of Can We Vote Creed Higher to support the Creed Humphrey Rookie of the Year campaign. Creed Humphrey's the top-rated rookie in all the National Football League. Despite his excellence, he still hasn't received the national attention we believe he deserves. So we hope you'll open your minds this NFL season and help us make Creed the winner that he deserves to be. With linemen again. Creed Humphrey, cause I don't want to hear he can't win best rookie, cause there's a hunger, a need to pancake, from the line he lives without a mistake, so let's go there. Let's make Creed's case, come on, let's go there. Let's change things today. Can we vote Creed higher? To a place where linemen should be. Can we vote Creed higher? Chiefs Chiefs Kingdom, what is up? Scott Staff from Creed here, coming to you to remind you that you have a Rookie of the Year on your hands, and his name is Creed Humphrey. That's right, Creed Humphrey, NFL Rookie of the Year. So you tell people to keep telling people Creed Humphrey should be Rookie of the Year. Hashtag Creed is good. So listen, let's take this higher Chiefs kingdom. Creed Humphrey, NFL Rookie of the Year. Don't forget it. Peace. Rock on. And I know the best is yet to come for you, Chiefs kingdom. You too, Creed. All right, baby. That was a year ago. The Creed is good video that we released as a show and uh it's crazy it's been a year man pete sweeney's in for for cody this hour uh, that that being a year ago is pretty wild to think about and i'm hoping that this go around uh, he gets maybe a pro bowl nod and maybe an all pro nod as well not to be what everyone says when it's christmas time but man how fast does time go how is that a year ago that feels like it was less than six months ago in my opinion but it was it was when he was a rookie and I've told Cody this before, not to give someone who fakes sick, I mean, it's sick on a regular <laughs> basis credit, but 
I think that he actually got Creed legitimate attention. Didn't he get a handful of he did. votes? Rookie of the year votes. Rookie of the year votes. And I, I don't know if that happens, if our, our dear friend doesn't raise money and put a wig on and do the worst rendition of can I take Creed higher than I've ever heard. But, hey, good for him. Now, this offensive line right now and then long term, like how good do you feel about it, though? Because it, we all recognize – that while you feel great about the interior with Creed at center, Trey Smith at right guard, and, and Joe Tooney, and even though that cap hit's going to creep up there next year, yeah. you feel good there. But on the, the tackles are still the long-term uh, problem areas, right? They still don't have the long-term solutions? I don't know. I, I'm actually a little bit surprised, and I know that we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is left tackle. But like, I'm a little surprised that right tackle hasn't been switched up at this stage because they've been pretty high on Lucas Niang. He's gotten some special team snaps. I believe he came in as a sixth offensive lineman for a snap a, a game ago, which means to me if he's entering the fold in, in that mix, then he's ready to, to maybe start there. And not to say Andrew Wiley has been bad, but he's been fine. And don't you want to see in a game at some point, can we be better than fine at that right tackle position? We know how the offensive line works, right? If you start to be really good at, at all the other positions, sometimes that helps out what could be a weak link position at, at left tackle in, in Orlando Brown Jr. And then switching to the other side, Orlando came here to, to play left tackle, and you're going to be asking yourself the same questions, I think, this offseason that you were last offseason. I just I think the Chiefs were right to let Orlando Brown bet on himself. Sometimes teams are not right, like see Aaron Judge mm-hmm. and Kirk Cousins, <laughs> for examples, where – you know, you took that risk and they really landed the bet on themselves. But this has not been a a guy that has, I think, bet on himself and won. And so you wonder if their side of it changes. I don't know if I'm opposed to giving, uh, I was going to say Creed, but uh, Orlando Brown Jr. a deal. But he has to be way more realistic this offseason than he was last offseason. Yeah, like, I think you're right. We'll be in the same spot with the left tackle position. I think there's also a chance that, they could tag him again. I, yeah. I understand it because what does it bump up to 23 million, yeah, yeah. which is high, but it's not that crazy for a left tackle. And the cap is supposedly supposed to open up a bit. The chiefs have been really shrewd about not giving out crazy contracts, even when it would have been for the leading receiver in the league. And so they're going to have money to play with there. So as daunting as that sounds, it might be probably the, the, the you know, the stopgap solution that they, they turn to again. But, you know, as, as a, as a leader of the the Chiefs website that everyone goes to, I'm I'm not particularly excited for the six to eight Orlando Brown Jr. articles that that are going to be in store for this offseason, but I think it's going to be a repeat of last year. Yeah, it feels like as far as your point about the right tackle spot, my only thing is like I get you want to maybe learn more about what you have in Niang, um, but only if you think he actually makes you better right now. Because yeah. the idea like oh we need to find out let's use the final four weeks. Well, no, you're you're battling still for the number one seed. You still need to have the guy sure. that gives you the best chance. And so at this point, if they don't put Niang in over Wiley, then that, that tells you they still really believe that Andrew Wiley is their best option at right tackle for this year's team. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that I would turn to, and, and this is just the hard evidence that I have that maybe they'd be willing to just see, I believe, I can't remember what year it was. I've been doing this for like too long. But I believe Austin Ryder was replaced for three weeks by Daniel Kilgore. Daniel the, Kilgore. The, the haircut oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And I think they discovered that it wasn't making them better. And they they made that switch back. So I you wonder if if and it doesn't even have to be three games. Like I believe it was for Kilgore. I mean maybe it's just a game where you throw Niang in and let's just see what you got there. But I think you really need some some a tape of a full game. And who knows? Maybe this is the week to do it. Not that you, you fourth quarter Chad Henney, fourth quarter Lucas. Yeah, Niang. like you need some real <laughs> tape to see if this is something that is going to be better for you. Jerry Hughes on the other side is having quietly a a nice year. Like maybe that's a a nice test to to see if if Niang can hold up. I, I, I just wonder if you see that at some point in this game, and like if, if it's a spot start, if it's... Because if there's ever a week to, to, to do a trial, it, it would be against the Houston Texans. Now, there is the counter-argument, which I'm sure you'll present, Like, and it's true. Like Andy Reid, when, when the team is rolling to an extent, will we'll be a little bit cautious about chain, making changes and went around the yellow. We'll get to Jed Talks coming up in about eight minutes or so. Uh, and... Juju Smith-Schuster, as we move over to the wide receiver spot, yeah. we, we, were, we were earlier talking about Kadarius Tony, but Juju Smith-Schuster, I feel like now he's he's back to pretty much where he was 
prior to the, the nasty hit he took in the concussion. And prior to that game, we know he was rattling off, what, three or four straight games of you know, 70, 80-plus yards, receiving over a couple over 100 yards, and we saw the yards after the catch, and we're all talking about him being a top 15 wide receiver in football this year. Then he had a couple uh, performances, I think, where clearly they were still just trying to get him back in the groove. Do you feel like he's he's back to where he was? Because I get the sense that yeah. he, he is back, that he's, he's maybe more you know comfortable again, and I'm sure when you, you suffer an injury like that, it takes a little bit of time. Perfect segue. You're, you're, just, you're, you're passing me alley-oops here to go on arrowheadpride.com, but I had an opportunity to talk with Juju in the locker room yesterday and really wrote up what our conversation was like. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid weighed in earlier in the week and kind of weaved it together for you on Arrowhead Pride, but the, the short of it is that Juju was legitimately, I think, impacted, of course, by the concussion because he missed a game, but after it. And they eased him back in, in against the Rams, then he had more snaps in, in the next two games. And then finally it felt like, okay, at the Bronco against the Broncos, he got 11 targets. He got nine catches. He's got 70-something yards. He had that out-of-structure touchdown with Patrick Mahomes where he you know broke off his route and was able to find the soft spot, which previously that was only a, a thing that you saw with Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. where it's that Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, and mind melt. Good to see that there's a, a second option there now. And I, I think in the Broncos game, Remember, you're still going against one of the elite defenses in the league, so that part is certainly legitimate. It is Mahomes and Juju finding their groove again, and I just think that was so positive to see because before that concussion, and man, Cisco, what, what's what's wrong with you? I thought, you know, this. <laughs> why did you do this to this poor guy? Because that three-game span, he was becoming a go-to yeah. guy for the Chiefs, and I, I think we saw a glimpse of that against the Denver Broncos. And in talking to Juju, he sort of admitted that to me, and he just was like – Look, my cardio suffered. You take a week off of running in the high-powered Legion of Zoom Chiefs offense, your cardio is going to suffer. And I think it took a few games for him to get the wind back under him. And now I, I think that it can sort of be an, an expectation. You know, you know, we're always, I, I think, talking about a little bit about the, the betting aspects here. But I think the juju over is suddenly safe again to me because I think he's finally feeling back to where he was during that hot mid-season span now how important is he though because I, we, we've we've talked a ton about McCall Hartman and Kadarius Tony getting those two guys back and McCall Hartman and, and the ability to, to help this team out in the red zone in particular and it's going to be another week at least it seems like yeah. for McCall it doesn't seem like this is going to be that week for, for Juju I mean because he was the other Mr. Reliable on this offense I mean that he's he's still the far more important player if we're asking about like who has to stay healthy between those three guys I mentioned McCole Tony and, and Juju it's not even close right yeah I, I think it's definitely Juju and I think it's just keeping him up you know for the rest of, of the year Juju was brought in to be this counterpart for Travis Kelsey Juju's best year as we all know was when he was the counterpart for Antonio Brown when he exploded when Antonio Brown gets attention and then Juju's that next guy that's when he thrives in those one-on-one situations. And so when you have Travis Kelsey locked up and the Cincinnati Bengals are able to hold him to two targets, no receptions, no yardage in that first half, then suddenly there becomes ways to to curb him a little bit. And when you're getting that much attention, okay, that's going to open things up for other guys. And I think that's where Juju really, really thrives and he's really, really important. And so for me, it's it's a great thing to see, and I think you'll continue to see it the rest of the way. And here's the the awesome thing, too, for Juju from an individual standpoint. 60 yards a game the rest of the way. He's he's a 1,000-yard receiver. It complicates the question for the offseason, but I, I don't know. Yeah, Something in think, my bones tells me he'll be here. Yeah, that's, that's where I was headed with it, too, is do you think that the concussion has any impact on – this offseason for him financially with the Chiefs or other teams. We know the market isn't that great. I mean, Beckham and and Juju might be the two best receivers as free agents, and it is the fourth concussion that Juju had. Does that factor in at all for the offseason? I don't think so. He's still young, and I I think you're seeing him rebound here, and I think he gets to over 1,000 yards. If you're telling me, Pete, bet one way or the other, does he crack 1,000 yards? I I bet yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a juju question. It's going to be him internally being like, do I want to go play with someone like Ben Roethlisberger or do I want to stay here and play with the best quarterback I've ever played with and probably will ever play with? And maybe that'll be, and I'm not saying super team friendly, but there's things you can do to help the team and to maybe take a little bit less to stay with the team as part of Brett Beach's plans. And it's going to be Beach and his team selling it and Juju saying to himself, this is where, where I want to be. And, And to me, in a, in a small way, legacy does matter to Juju, and I think that's important when you're trying to, to get a team-friendly deal. I started the show talking about Kadarius Tony and what the next year could look like for him. We know he's one of the three guys under contract. Yeah. If 
Kadarius Tony continues this either not being available, period, or he comes back and let's say he has a great game and then he's got the hamstring injury again. Like, yeah. I feel like he might just be this big tease for a while for Chiefs fans the same way he was for the Giants because we all got excited after the one performance that he had. Understandably so. I was right there with everybody. Yeah. And then he hasn't played in a month. You mentioned McCole Hardman before. I came into the week thinking Hardman would get another week and then maybe Tony would be back in the mix this week. But he's mm-hmm. been limited all week. He's been listed as limited. So that means they're still trying to ease him in. Maybe we get some more clarity from Andy Reid at 1 p.m. But I'm almost think, thinking the opposite is more likely now. McCole Hardman is still te- technically on IR. But in watching him, and we only get – I want to be clear here. We only get about 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes each day, if that, to, to really watch warm-ups. And during the warm-ups, they are – doing punt returns. We put up videos this week on, on our various Twitter accounts, but he looks okay. I mean, it, it's a, it, right now they've been saying it's a weight thing for McCole Hardman, which would would be the the pause that gives me, okay, I don't know if he'll be back this week, but as far as the eye test goes, nothing as far as our little glimpse that we get has set, showed to me like he's not ready to go, whereas Kadarius Tony, I just think we thought before they're being conservative, but I, I'd extend that to now. I, I think they're being ultra conservative, which meant now is starting to give me doubt, especially that he's been limited this week, that they continue to just wait. Because so I think they can beat the Houston Texans without Kadarius sure. Tony. If there's any question, I'm even talking about, you feel like he's 99%. Why? Why why play him, especially with Juju play, is playing the way he is? Isaiah Pacheco against a bad run team can handle the game for you. I, and so now... I. I'm in, a, I'm in a position where, like, if I had to guess, I'd almost say that maybe both of these guys won't play this weekend. That's where it seems like it's trending. My thing with Tony is just that, let's say he plays the next week against uh, the Seattle Seahawks or so. Yeah. Does he, is he able to play the next week after that? Or is it another setback, and are we doing this? Or is that, is that going to be the story? You well, know? you mentioned he's, he's not only important, I think, for the stretch run in the playoffs this year because we saw a glimpse of what he can do, but he's important for the team next year. So you got to get this hamstring thing figured out. We have seen the other side of the Truman Sports <laughs> Complex for now that hamstrings can linger. Right. I, know that, I know about Jay Binkley's f- nickname for him. And so... Get it right. You know, I think that's the bottom line, even if it takes another three games, right? If you can say, okay, Tony, we're going to sit him three games, but he's not going to have these hamstring issues anymore. Do it. Do it. Why, why, why is that even a question? And I think the Chiefs are doing it, to be, to, to, to be frank. All right, let's get to Jed Talks here on Cody and Gold. Nick's notable notes. Again, we need the record scratch. We need the record scratch to revert it. Jed talks. Jed talks. You were in for a treat, buddy. You've never been a part of this. Jed's jargon. (laughs) Jed jots. Jed Jed jots. We're not changing the name. We've already established it as Jed talks. It's like Ted talks, but I'm Jed, so therefore, see what we did? Yeah. Guys, bowl season is underway. I don't know how fired you up for. Are you watching the hometown lenders? I need points, man. I need points. 44 and a half over, please. UAB up. 7 nothing on the Miami of Ohio. I like that when logo. I, when I was looking at that, uh, Miami of Ohio, them? I think, might have the number one defense, so you might be hurting well, it's already, there. They've already given up a touchdown in the first six minutes of the game. I like Look that. here. You host the betting show. I do the Jed Talks. Okay. How about that? Fair enough. That, Fair enough. That betting show, not the, the betting show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you, No Pete. problem. <laughs> I'm just going to head out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> College basketball is starting to heat up. I know that uh, because we're so Chiefs-centric, nobody really recognizes that. But a big one tomorrow, Kansas takes on the number 14 Indiana Hoosiers. Who do you guys have? Yeah, so, well, first of all, KU and Indiana is one of many great games. The college basketball slate is absolutely stacked. Uh, but nobody tomorrow. notices because there's so much football on. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think it's understandable, especially now we have some Saturday uh, football games going on. But, no, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this is certainly a... Uh, a much tougher test than what they faced last week. That's for sure. Whoa. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Goes I, without saying. They're not They're not going to win by 28. How about that? That's my analysis. They're not going to win by 28 over Indiana. Yeah, you know, and this is just from a, a per, personal preference as as a, a, a Mike Woodson guy, former coach of the Knicks, <laughs> and B, my Kansas friends just give me S all the time about Syracuse just living on the bubble. So anytime. Hey, you mm. can take a loss. I, I usually lean the other way. So I, I think they can actually maybe lose this game tomorrow. So okay, you five and a half point favorites at I'll, Allen Fieldhouse. I'll take the points in the Hoosiers. Why not? Okay. Right. And and my guy Mike Woodson. Come on. Right. You're a fool, Pete. That's why oh, you stick to on. the NFL. You know what? 
I don't know about this Jed talk anymore. We'll, we'll get back to the world of the NFL. Maybe Pete will feel a little bit yeah, more comfortable. Zach Wilson has been cleared and named as the starter for the Jets this upcoming weekend. What do you guys think? Is this um, a good decision? Hammer the Lions. Well, it's not a good decision. They didn't have a choice. The report no, is they that, don't have a choice. The, the, but the, is Zach Wilson no, ever going to prove that he should have been drafted where he was? No, this this past week when Mike White had the, the rib injury, remember who came in? It wasn't Zach Wilson. It was Joe Flacco. For a couple snaps before Mike White gutted it out, came back in, had to go to the hospital after the game. Uh, and they're going back to Zach Wilson because Mike White uh, said he wanted to play. The doctors won't clear him in time for Sunday's kickoff. Uh, this is great news for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, they're going to win another game. They're going to beat the Jets. Yeah, I agree. The problem with Zach Wilson is not that it wasn't a, a good draft pick at the time. It's that it might have been, but he has the yips. He has the yips. A player with the yips is unplayable. Meaning Joe Flacco at this time, and it might not always be the case, it would, would be the right way to go. They're not going to win that game. I don't care how good the defense is because he's missing wide open receivers by three yards. The only way to cure Yips is to shut that player down and have a reset, which I think was the plan. Yeah, that's what, that's what Sala did say at the time. Which, to me, it's just strange not to go with Flacco and even have a backup off the street. Like, I would have shut Zach Wilson down completely. I don't, I don't think this will help him at all. Staying in the world of the NFL, Rob Gronkowski comes out saying that Tom Brady will kill it as an analyst for Fox Sports, but that he can play forever. Which do you think are, is more true? Well, I do think he will be a really good analyst. I, I don't doubt that. Um, of course, he can't play forever. This is the, the thing Cody and I go back and forth with Travis Kelsey, uh, where, where he'll, he says Travis Kelsey at age 38 will still be a 1,000-yard receiver. I, at some point, that just won't be possible. Tom Brady, I still think he's playing next season, if that's what you're really asking. Um, I still think he plays. Why would Pete, Why would he retire now, now that he got divorced? Part of the reason was for the retirement thing. My, wait, now you're going to retire, and you already lost the wife. Go ahead and play another year. And he still has zip on his ball, and it's crazy. And the problem this year has been the offensive line, and, and he just – it's just not comfortable. Other teams are, you know, are able to get pressure on him and, and rattle him. And I think he'll handpick another team, whether that be the Miami Dolphins or the Las Vegas Raiders or 49ers or elsewhere. And I, I think he will play. And I she think he'll be a quarter for your, uh, your New York Giants. I, th- I think that it, if he can handpick his team, he'll be interesting again next year. I, I think this is an off year for him. And I, I just know and have listened to Tom Brady, and I watched, what is that thing called, the man in the arena? Mm-hmm. He is not going to want to end his career on this. He should have left after they whipped the Chiefs. That's when he really should have left, but now, you know, obviously that's too late. Do you actually think he's going to be a good analyst, though? I do, yeah. Well, I mean, Really? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete? Why, what, why don't you, what, what makes you think he won't be? I just don't think he has as much personality. I know that people like the fact that he got bombed and posted that video on social media and stuff like that, but... I don't see him as all that charismatic. I don't think that he has much of a personality. It's a little bit like the infatuation with Romo. I know that people love Tony Romo. To me, I think Tony Romo kind of sucks. So I think Romo actually has a great personality. I think if you were to compare what do I think Brady will be more like or who will he be more like, and this is either good or bad depending on your perception of the individual, I think he'll be more like the Troy Aikman type of analyst. That's yeah. what I think he'll be. But people bomb Troy Aikman I, all I, the time. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But, but he, I think I mean, that's what it'll he's be. He's had staying power. I... <sighs> I'm at a stage where if Eli was able to pull this off, any of these guys are, would be are able to do it. Is he really pulling it off, though? I, they get, I mean, just they, because they, you're employed doesn't mean you're pulling it off. They keep I guess get, would be my. They keep giving him gigs and segments, and the Manning cast is highly rated. I actually don't prefer the Manning cast. I know I'm in the, the, no, the Manning cast sucks. I'm with you. So Cody and Nick love it. I, yeah. I love it for a blowout and a non-interesting game. Right. But if it's a big time game, I want to. I want the traditional play-by-play broadcast. Yeah, I I, I think it's a little distracting for me. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly. And right. I just like to watch the the main broadcast. But what I'm saying is. People do like it, and Eli has pulled it off. And if Eli can pull it off, Tom's going to be fine. Well, we have a bunch more stuff to get to. Uh, The last one that I really want to hit, because, Alex, we got into a disagreement about this the other day. Okay. Floyd Mayweather, as I mentioned, Mm. gave out $1,000 to five different individuals, which you said was a great deed, and I agree with you. I think anytime you're doing something charitable, that's a great thing to do, except for the fact that he continued his giving mood by hooking himself and friends up with over a million dollars worth of diamond encrusted jackets. Ooh. So what, you, Do you he now be gifting think his he... friends items? So you think that he... He's in the giving mood all the way around, giving money out to kids, giving his best friends diamond encrusted jackets. 
shouldn't he have given these kids more than one thousand dollars? No, I, I hate when we do this where we we, yeah. we nitpick if someone that gives somebody a gift and then we complain it's not a big enough gift because they're wealthy. But he gave them a million dollar jacket to his friends. Those are his friends. But they're in his entourage all <laughs> the time. These are friend, helpless kids. Don't you think his friends are gonna get better gifts? Don't Whatever. you think so? Would you not? If you were wealthy, wouldn't you hook up your friends with nice gifts? No, I'd give all my money to kids. You're I'd a be way better person. Totally, totally charitable. I think not this a miser. Is, this is like that that uh, office episode. Was it Scott's Tots, or where he, he he doesn't give enough to the the children? I I don't know. Hard for me to argue for for you old school WWF fans out there with a Bobby Heenan jacket. Come on, <laughs> throwing that thing on and then feeling good. If that's a great Christmas present, hard for me to argue with that. Come on. Yeah, a million dollar for a diamond. No, if you're asking me, like, is it a dumb gift? Yes, that's insane. Why? Why do you need a million dollar diamond encrusted jacket? That's probably why we could only give a thousand dollars to these kids because uh, he's he wasting his money, money on dumb crap. He got plenty of money. He he has unlimited money. I mean, he's one of those people out there with unlimited money. So, look, I can understand both sides of this argument. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, kind enough to be with us here in the 10 o'clock hour. I know you got to make your way out to Arrowhead, man. Yeah. We'll be uh, we'll be listening at we're, one o'clock. Can you ask? We're on Andy, right hand watch right now. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I mean, we, of course, for those who don't know what you're referencing, would you explain that number sure. 15's right hand? Yeah. <laughs> so we went out on on Wednesday, and you know the way the process works is Andy and Patrick will talk to us before practice, so no one really noticed anything. We went out for the the media look. We didn't. Ca- I mean, they're very far away, so we didn't catch that there was anything interesting going on. Then all of a sudden, on the injury report, Mahomes pops up with a right hand injury, mm-hmm. concerning, right? Mm-hmm. And so all eyes were on him. I have it on my Twitter right now of just a video of him. And he does seem to have his right thumb and hand wrapped. Mm. We'll get Andy Reid at 1 o'clock. He's been a full participant. He's expected to be full today, and he's expected to play on Sunday. But there is something going on there. And the hand is injured to an extent. It's just we don't have any any clarity on it. And what I would say, too, and not to get people overstimulated, overconcerned here, is Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw three picks every week. So it seemed like more of a decision mm-hmm. thing, but we, sh- we should get a, a, f- a feel for the understanding of the injury. So we're right-hand watch is in, in full force right now. Pete doing a good job. Get everybody's blood pressure up here on <laughs> Friday uh, in, in Kansas City. Now we got to wait till 1 o'clock. You want to hear I from mean, Andy Reid. I'm actually surprised it hasn't been a bigger story. I understand he's practicing full. Yeah. I, I've put it out there, but the quarterback has a right-hand issue, and we're, we haven't really been talking about it all that much. I'm just curious to see what Andy Reid says. So we'll, we'll be listening for that coming up at 1 o'clock. Thanks again, Pete Sweeney yeah. from Arrowhead Pride. Our Chiefs insider, of course, presented by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio. Up next, there continue to be more back and forth between two local schools. Somebody says that, see, we told you you're now wrong about what happened a week or so ago. Someone else says, well, that's still not the case. We'll explain exactly what's going on between KU and MU next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.